Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. Good evening. Tonight, I'm going to speak on a topic, the shocking truth about worship. The shocking truth about worship. So if you want to take some notes i'm giving you a few seconds to prepare yourself if you are using an ipad or a phone to write down i'm giving you time to put your password and get ready meanwhile i want to thank our senior pastors pastor brown and pastor darren for uh the way they lead the church and the way they pray for us and the way they lead us forward uh, into uh, what god has in store for our church so thank you again everybody uh, who has joined this evening to be part of this service the shocking truth about worship so my first question is what are you passionate about what are you passionate about what is the thing that moves you to action what is the thing that when you hear about it or when you think about it it moves you to do something you know god created us as passionate beings human beings we are passionate beings we are passionate when something catches our eyes that is beautiful that is impressive we want more of it when you see something beautiful when you want you see something impressive you want to see more you want you you want more of it that's how we were created this is why we are constantly bombarded with advertisements, images, and messages competing for our attention, competing for our hearts, competing for our passion. All the advertisements you see, they are there to try to draw your attention, catch your attention, catch your attention because you are a passionate being. The question here is not if we are passionate about something. That's not the question I'm asking. That's not even what I'm discussing. The question is, what is worthy of your passion? Because I know you've got one. I know you are passionate about things or certain things. So my question is, what is worthy of your passion? Or what is worthy of your attention? Or what is worthy of your heart? That is the question I'm asking. Most advertisements on TV aim to win our passion they want us to buy now if you listen to advertisement they say call now buy now order now everything must be done now why do they want us to do everything now they want us our hearts to be connected to the things they are selling if if i was listening to everything they say i should buy now i think i could have been i, I don't think if i have space in my house again because every night they tell me, buy this one now, and that one now, and that plastic now, and that metal one now, that aluminum one now. Everything we have to buy now. You know what? Some people are passionate about cooking. Some people are passionate about sport. Some people are passionate about shopping or fishing or politics. I am passionate about politics. I watch the news every, every day, almost every day. I watch the news because I believe that if I don't follow politics, politics will follow me. 
So I, I keep myself informed on what is happening in the world. The question is, how much of my heart does politics deserve? Is politics worthy of my heart at all? Are politicians worthy of my attention? I know I'm passionate about it. Does it really deserve my heart? God wants us to enjoy life. God wants us to be passionate about things. God is not against our passion. God is not against your passions. If you are passionate about sports or fishing, God is not against your passions. He's not against our passion. However, he just wants to come first before all our passions and priorities. God wants to be first. And that's the essence of worship. We worship God when we let him occupy the top position on the list of our priorities. We worship God when we let him, when we allow him to be first on the list of our priorities. I will, I will read a scripture and then we will, we will go and, and, and try to understand what the scripture means as we go. Matthew chapter 2 verse 1 to 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem. You will be asking, what is this man talking about? He's talking about Christmas or something. Yes, I am. I know we are not at Christmas, but this will be important for you. And asked, verse 2, what is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. They've come to worship him. On coming to the house, verse 11, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Okay. What is all this has to do with worship? I will come back to that and you will understand what we are talking about. Everybody worships something. I'm not asking you if you worship, because I know you do. I'm rather asking you, what do you worship? To help you discover or to help you identify what you worship, just check your calendar. I'll give you a few tips. Check your calendar. Where do you spend much of your time? Just check your budget. Where do you spend much of your money? Just check Listen to yourself. What do you talk about passionately? For example, if a girl is falling in love, they will be talking about that boy all the time. Just listen to them. Just listen to them. If a boy is falling in love, they will be making every conversation about that girl. We are passionate beings. So just check yourself. If you find someone who is passionate about sports, they will want you to talk about sports all the time. So check what you, where you spend your time, where you spend your money, where you, what you talk about all the times. You'll begin to see what you are passionate about. You'll begin to see what your priorities is and maybe what you worship. Those are signs that can help you to see idolatry in your life. The things that come before God. And as we go in this message, you will understand what I say they come before God. Because idolatry 
is when we prioritize anything else before God in our heart. That is idolatry. While worship or true worship that I'm talking about tonight is when, is when we prioritize God before anything else in our heart. That is worship we are talking about. So when you prioritize anything else before God, you are worshiping that thing. It becomes an idol in your life. Once again, God is not against our passions. God wants the best for you. He wants you to enjoy sports. He wants you to enjoy fishing. He wants you to enjoy anything you are passionate about or cooking. But he wants you to prioritize things well. Unfortunately, if you let anything or anyone occupy the first place in your heart, you will never be satisfied in this life. The human heart was designed to go after something bigger than itself. We were designed to be satisfied by something bigger than ourselves. And only God is bigger than the human heart. Only God can satisfy the human heart. We worship God when we give him the first place in our heart. We are going to learn about worship from the Magi, from the scripture I read. So there are three things that I want to bring to your attention in the scripture about, in the passage about the Magi. You need to align your heart, and in order to align your heart, look at these three things, three aspects of the Magi's actions. So three lessons from the Magi. First, time investment. Time investment. Matthew chapter 2 verse 1 says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem. The Bible tells us that the Magi came from the east. It doesn't say they came from the same country. No, they traveled from far, but it just says east. They came from there, then they came, they traveled until they found Jesus. We are not sure how many days they traveled. We are not sure how many days their journey took. But we can clearly see that it was a long journey. It took days, weeks, or maybe months. It's clear that they invested time to get there. They made of worship a priority. I would say that if they were employed by someone, they requested for leave from their work. If they were running a business, I would say that they closed their shops and went to worship. If they were busy with research and other things, they stopped everything and they took that journey. Time investment. They made room. If you read the scripture, it said they went, their only purpose for that trip was to worship. They did not go to do any other thing. They just went to worship Jesus. They made time for it. They made room for it. They were not looking for convenience. They made time. Jesus was their priority. And it was translated in their time investment. Someone said, 
We don't have a problem with time. We have a problem with priorities. Priorities. Making God your priorities requires that you put time aside for him. Worshipping God requires that you put time aside for God. We set time for the things we prioritize. We do. We all have 24 hours per day. We find time for the things we are passionate about. It's not that we don't have time to worship God. We just put other priorities before him. Look, people find time to play sports on Sunday. People find time to watch TV before bed. One show will go for an hour if you put advertisement. It may be a 45 minutes show, but with advertisement it goes for an hour. And you will find time to finish. You can't go to bed until it's done. And then you struggle to pray 10 minutes. You've just spent one hour and sometimes you watch two episodes on Netflix before bed. But you struggle to spend five minutes to pray before bed. And you say you don't have time to pray. It's so hard for me to pray. I can't just find time to pray. On Sunday, I can't just find time to go to church. You know, I'm very busy. No, you're not busy. You just have wrong priorities. Oh, no, no. That's your priorities. I can call them wrong because for me, God comes first. You know what? If God is not first on your list, nothing else shall, satis shall satisfy you. You'll keep chasing, you'll keep chasing stuff, and they will never satisfy you. Never. We find time for the things we prioritize. When you wake up in the morning, what, what, what do you do first? Do you prioritize a cup of coffee or a prayer to God? Just, just look at what you spend your time to. Just look at what you spend your time to. Find time to worship God. The second thing is the attitude investment. So the first one is time investment. The second one is attitude investment. Attitude is a combination of your thoughts, your belief, and your actions. So you think, you believe, and then it's displayed on the outside. Body expression matters. Let's read Matthew chapter 2, verse 11a. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down. Attitude. They bowed down and worshipped him. Some people would say they worship God in their heart, and they don't need, they don't need to worship to show it on the outside. It's all in the heart. Proverbs chapter 4, 23 says, Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. I'm, I'm about to say something here. Listen carefully. These Proverbs explain that there is a correlation between your heart and your actions. Between your heart and what you display on the outside. What we do translates the posture of our heart. The Magi bowed down before Jesus. They did not say, God knows our heart. He can see that we have traveled for many days. We are tired and we honor him in our heart. They did not say, God only looks in the inside. No, God does not only look in the heart. 
That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says men look on the outside, but God looks in the heart. In the heart. It doesn't say looks only in the heart. It doesn't mean when, when it comes to outside, God closes his eyes. No. He sees everything. He sees the outside. He sees the inside. We only see the outside. He sees everything. So don't say, oh, I don't need to worship. I don't need to bow down. I don't need to raise my hands because God only sees the inside. No, he sees everything. The inside and the outside. Attitude matters. What you do, the expression of your body matters. The Magi understood that their, their body expressions matters. The Magi took the most honoring posture before the most honoring person. Bowing down. True worship requires thoughts, belief, and actions aligned. You don't just do it in your heart. You also show it on the outside. Outside expression matters. You know what? People sing for what they are passionate about. Love songs, love songs are the most popular songs. You know why? Because they move emotions. They move emotions. They move not only the heart, they move the mind, they move the whole person. Love songs. So if you are too serious about God that you can't sing, are you ashamed to bow? before god are you ashamed are you too serious to sing in a church are you are you are you too serious do you see it's weird to raise your hands as a sign of surrender to god i know the idea of bowing down may be a foreign idea to you but you know what everybody bows before something everybody bows before something everybody sings for something and everybody surrenders before something. So it's not like you don't bow. You do. But you don't bow before God. You bow before something else. You know what? Football fans make me laugh. You will see 100,000 people surrounding a small ball full of hair. Away, 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 away. And you ask yourself, are people drunk or what? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a soccer fan, so I understand. Don't, I'm not criticizing football fans, but I, I just see how people sing for that small ball very passionately. And when they come to church, they become serious. No, you were just at the stadium yesterday without a shirt. You were just raising your hand and praising the, your soccer team. Now you come to church, you can't even raise your hand. We are all passionate about something. Just check our priorities. God deserves our best attitude investment. He deserves it. God deserves expressions like bowing down, raising hand, singing, standing ovation, and all our honoring expressions. We all bow to what we are passionate about. We all stand before what we are passionate about. We all raise our hands. We all give standing ovation before something we are passionate about. Third one, possession investment. Then, Matthew 2, 11. They opened their treasures and presented him with gold, with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Wow. 
You know what? We invest our possessions into the things we are passionate about. That's another truth. Someone told me a few months ago, before the, the, the lockdown, that he was going to Bali to surf. And I asked him why. He said, I'm passionate about surfing. So I thought, you're going to pay a ticket, pay a hotel, spend a few days there to surf because of what you are passionate about. There's nothing wrong about it. God wants us to enjoy life. I'm not criticizing that investment. I'm just saying it's a proof that we invest where we are passionate. He went to surf to Bali and he felt good about it. You know, we save money and spend money to the things we prioritize. The Magi did not only invest their time. They did not only bow before Jesus. They also gave gifts. Look at this. The Magi expected nothing in return. Most people, when they were going to Jesus, they were going there for healing. For solutions to their problem. So Jesus can fix them. The Magi did not go to Jesus for anything else. They did not go to get healing. They did not go there to fix a problem. They went there just to worship. And they took gifts. They gave. They invested possessions into that visit. Why? They worshipped God. Possession investment. Matthew chapter 6 verse 21 says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Your heart follows your pocket. Do you know that? Your heart follows your pocket because heart and pocket are interconnected. God does not need your money or my money. He doesn't. He can fulfill all his plans without us. He can. He's God. That's why we call him God. Because he doesn't need anything. But the reason why God is after your possession is because he knows that that's the only way to get your heart. The only way to get to our heart is if God touches our possessions. So he asks for our money not because he's poor, not because he's broke, but because he knows where our treasure is, is where our heart is. If we give to him, that's where our heart will go. Possession investment. You will know if you are passionate about God, when giving to his cause is no longer a struggle for you. The quality of your gift to God reflects the level of your passion to him. The Bible says, Matthew 6, 19 to 21. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up you for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and vermin do not destroy. And where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Remember that whatever investment you make in God's cause will be yours forever. Whatever investment you make for you, for yourself, will perish forever. Now just, just saying, it's not my words, it's Jesus' words. Whatever you invest in God's cause will be yours eternally. You will find it even after this life following you. 
I don't know how. Don't ask me. It's the Bible. It's truth. So, what are we going with this message? The shocking truth about worship is God does not need our worship. God does not need our worship. Otherwise, he, he, he wouldn't be God. If, he, if God created us so that he can feel better, so that we can increase his power, we can increase his influence, we cannot increase or decrease God. That's why he's God. Because there's nothing we can do to change him. We can't modify God. He is God. He's self-sufficient. God is the only person who cannot worship. God can never worship. You know why? Because you need something bigger than you to worship. God cannot worship. He cannot. Because he's self-sufficient. There is nothing bigger than him so that he can worship it or him. Nobody is above God. Nobody is above God. But we need God because worship is the only way we can reach our fullest satisfaction. So worship is about us. It's not about God. It was meant to make us feel fulfilled. Worship was meant to help us be satisfied. Because our heart is going after something bigger than us. And money is never bigger than us. Fame is never bigger than us. Pleasure is never bigger than us. You can keep chasing those things and they will never satisfy. But when you chase God, you feel satisfaction because it's the only thing bigger than you. It's the only thing bigger than us. We need God because worship is the only way we can reach our fullest satisfaction. Our passion, our priorities, and desires will never be satisfied by anything less than our creator. It's only when we truly worship God, when we reach our full satisfaction. Worship is for us. It is not for God. God does not create worship for him to feel good. It is for us to be fulfilled. It is for you and I to be fulfilled. So once again, true worship involves time investment, attitude investment, and possession investment. So I will just give you these three points to do. First, time investment. Make it a priority for you to attend church service. Make it a priority for you to attend your connect group. Make it a priority for you to study the Bible, for you to pray in your own time. There is this app called the version, the Bible app. Download it. There are some good Bible studies there, devotions. Read it. Make of God priority in your day, priority in your week, priority. Don't just attend church once a month because you are busy with holidays and other things. Everything else comes before God. Make God a priority in your week, in your day. Second, attitude investment. Always take a posture that expresses your respect for God at church, in your prayer sessions, and everywhere. 
some people go to church and then they open their phones and start chatting with people on, on, on social media. That's the time for them to check the light, latest uh, updates on, on, on Facebook, the latest info on Instagram. Some, church is not the place to check our social media. It is a place to worship God. We need to make God our priority when we are worshiping him. Give yourself a determination to take the most honorable position, posture, before the most honorable person, Jesus Christ. And finally, possession investment. I'm not ashamed to talk about money because I know money is what drives people. Money, power, and pleasure. So I will talk about it because God is not ashamed to talk about it. I love the way Pastor Brown puts it. She says, in our giving to God, we need to put God first in our finances. Which means, we need to give to God a premeditated gift. You need to premeditate your gift. Think about it. Don't just jump. Think about what you are going to give to God. Two, predetermined. Decide it and act upon it. Decide the amount and act upon it. And three, proportionate. Percentage based. Some people will begin to give to God 5% of their income. And then they will grow to 10%. And then some people will go to 20%. I know someone who was giving to God 99% of their income. That's why I'm not saying it should be 10%. I'm not limiting you to what you can give to God. It depends on what you feel. It can be 5, it can be 20, it can be 100, whatever you want to give to God. Just put Him first in your finances. Worship involves time investment attitude investment and possession investment let's pray heavenly father i thank you because you created us to worship you and only worshiping you can satisfy us all other things we chase will never satisfy us help us today to make decisions and act upon them to follow you and chase you first to put you first as the priority in our lives in our finances in our time management and in everything we do i ask this in jesus name amen hey again thanks so much for joining us on this podcast whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of jesus there's a next step for you There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued, and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au. And thanks again for listening.